empowered people make informed decisions that lead to living a life without regret. This is Sarah Kaki and Shauna Woods from Atlanta Divorce Law Group, and this is the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. Welcome to the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. I'm attorney Sarah Kaki with Atlanta Divorce Law Group, and I'm joined by our very own managing partner, Shauna Woods. Shauna, today let's talk about some strategies to help the person out who is in a unhealthy marriage and the marriage is unhealthy because they are married to somebody with a high conflict personality disorder, which one of our favorite examples to use is a narcissist. And perhaps that word gets overused, but we do represent a lot of people who are struggling in a marriage where they're realizing that the person they're with has a personality disorder and has a lot of narcissist tendencies. As much as we want to be, you know, embrace the whole concept of you can do it, you can get divorced, you can be done, take a big giant leap and move forward. That is not always a strategic option, right? There are times when getting divorced right now and running is not just on the table for you. You may have minor children. You may have some financial concerns. You may have other legal concerns, such as, I don't know, an immigration status or a certain place you need to get with your job or something's going on with your the equity of your home. There could be other considerations at times that just makes divorce not strategic. Now, please understand, if you are in a incredibly abusive situation where physical abuse is part of it, I think most other considerations need to go away. You need to protect yourself and you do need to get away. You need to get protection and run and we need, you need to get some help. Absolutely. Choosing to divorce, choosing to get out of a relationship is such a personal choice. And there are so many factors that go into it. And one of the things that we really emphasize here is we're not sitting in judgment on whether you stay or whether you're ready to leave. Right. We're just ha- trying to help people because we've had all of these experiences, because after 20 years of practicing family law, there's been patterns and things that come up. And I've learned from other people. Sarah's learned from other people. And we're trying to share that with you. If you do decide to stay in a relationship, and to Sarah's point, if you're in an abusive relationship, we strongly urge you to simply get out. But if you choose to stay in an abusive relationship that is abusive because of the manipulation or because of a personality disorder of your spouse, we've learned some things that may help you along the way, either eventually get out or help um, de-escalate and survive and survive that situation. Right. And I think what you're saying, I want to reiterate you saying that we are not here to judge our goal here specifically with this episode is to meet people where they're at. And I think that is such a important value that Atlanta divorce law groups always had. And the point of what you and I want to accomplish and empowering, helping people empower themselves and become empowered is meet them where they're at. So there is completely understandable that not everybody is ready as soon as they discover and they become aware of the dysfunctional situation they're in that the next step might not mean for them. I'm going to jump off the cliff and figure out divorce. That is not every personality trait doesn't operate that way. Not everybody's priorities and values work that way. We want to meet people where they're at. And right now we want to meet the person who has become aware 
that they are in a dysfunctional marriage and has become aware that their spouse is a manipulative person or has some sort of a personality disorder and cannot be trusted to have their best interest in mind, but is not ready to call it quits yet for whatever reason, for whatever reason. And how can we give them some coping mechanisms? Now, I will say this. We have helped a lot of clients who have been married for anywhere from few years to decades. I just spoke to a lady a couple of nights ago who's been married for 30 years to a narcissist spouse, a, a complete gaslighter. Most of them will tell you, I wish I had done it sooner. I will just say that. That is most of the time you do hear that. I wish I had done it sooner. I wish I could get that time back. I wish I had seen it sooner, or I wish I had known that once I start moving forward, things will, I will figure out the hows and the what's once I just make up my decision. Yes. And I think that what I'm hearing talking, and we mentioned this in another podcast about being comfortable in the unknown, right? You know, being okay to jump into the unknown. And it's okay if you're not there yet. Yes. You know, um, but to Sarah's point, by the time people usually reach us, they've been there mentally for a long time. Yes. And a lot of times they do wish they could get that time back. And I guess one of the things that I would like to emphasize is it's never too late. You still have time. You've got a lot of life to live and everyone deserves to be happy. So even if you have been in this 30 years and you're like, well, this was 30 years, that's okay. You probably got another 30 and don't you deserve to live them happily. And, you know, you never know all of the different outcomes. Sometimes it takes getting to a certain emotional place, getting to a certain mental space that allows you to show up the fullest, strongest version of yourself to get out of a situation in a healthier way. Um, Maybe, you know, the person you are when you first find out about wow, I am not in a good marriage. That person's not ready yet, doesn't have the full emotional and mental strength to show up the way they need to show up for themselves, right? They may perpetuate another victim scenario for themselves or perpetrate a whole nother dysfunction for themselves. So it is, you know, having the mental capacity to exercise awareness throughout the process, it is, is very important. But now let's let's get to the some coping skills that we can offer for somebody that decides that, Hey, you know what? I know I'm in a dysfunctional situation. I know my spouse, you know, whether it's personality disorder or they're narcissist or they're high conflict personality, or they're just a manipulative, not a good person. Right. But I'm going to stay put for X, Y, and Z reasons. Let's think through some surviving coping skills. First thing I would say is, start working towards financial independence. Yes. Um, that goes along with avoiding and minimizing dependence upon them. Yes. Yeah. And just know that when you are building your financial independence, it is going to be for your spouse who is not looking for your best interest and is not looking out for your growth and your you know, development as a person. It is going to be threatening to them. So you are going to see their claws come out even more as they're seeing you 
thrive financially or become more independent because a narcissist wants to keep you isolated and dependent upon them. And they want to be able to control everything. Which comes along with another tip is to keep things close to your vest. Yes. You don't need to be sharing everything that's going on with them. Your successes are going to scare them and your failure is going to be used against you. Right. So you want to keep your very vulnerable things and your successes to yourselves or to your close friends that are not mutual friends or mutual family with that person. The end game is if you're trying to buy yourself time, put yourself in a situation that when the time comes, you're not making decisions from a place of financial lack or concern that you're not going to financially make it through. Will there be alimony? Will there be child support? Depending on the situation, yes, most likely. And if the person's a higher earner than you and there's children involved, but you still don't want to be in a situation where your first initial steps are from a financial scarcity situation where you are scared of being left out on the streets when you decide to leave. And one of the reasons I'm saying and guard that carefully, I know a situation in particular where this one person, you know, didn't have a whole lot of money, but they, and it wasn't a whole lot of money they came into, but it was enough to start a life, you know, a little bit, right. To get out. And Unfortunately, they told their spouse about receiving this money and immediately the guilt trip started. Well, you know, I really needed to have my deviated septum work on. I really needed this for myself. Remember when I, when I did something nice for you, you're sitting there with that money. You, you should give that to me. And that huge manipulation and that huge guilt trip that comes along with, well, aren't you going to help me? Right. Right. So you really need to be very careful when you get these funds to not tell them and not share them that you have these funds until the divorce process is going. So the financial piece of finding, um, whether it's you're not working, finding a job or creating a side hustle, financial piece of it is obvious, which is just creating financial stability for yourself or some independence. You can make a decision from a, not from a financial scarcity. The other part of it that's really important is It is one of the first pieces that breaks away from your acceptance of the codependent relationship, your mental enabling of, well, I can't go anywhere. You actually start building self-confidence in yourself and you start trusting yourself, which has been gone for so long because you let yourself be controlled by somebody else. So yes, 25% of this financial independence Finding a job, finding some source of income is fantastic from a strategic legal perspective and creating a little bit more flexibility and built and how you're going to get out if you do, when you decide to do so. But I, for 75%, I love it for what it does for you and your mindset of finding freedom within, because that's the first place you need to find freedom is freedom within your own head. Absolutely. And to that point, I would say also keep records. Yes. Right. Of not only your financials, right, but debts and, and things that may come up in the future. Because a lot of what happens when you have a manipulative person is they will gaslight you. Yes. That never happened. Right. I've seen people destroy journals or, you know, when you've audio taped someone, which here in Georgia you're allowed to do without their permission and without their knowledge try to destroy that because they don't want the evidence of them gaslighting you. So try to keep those and keep those in a really safe place that may not be in your home. Right. 
The other advice I have is reconnect with your support system. Absolutely. Most likely by the time you become aware of the type of marriage or relationship you've been in, you've been isolated from your family. You've been isolated from old friends, um, people that were there for you and wanted you to be happy. And at some point when they saw your spouse for who they are or called out on it, you were probably isolated from them. Narcissists like to isolate you and control your surrounding and make you feel very dependent upon them. This is the time to build those bridges back and not just from a place of, I need to have these friendships in my life or this family in life so that it will come a rainy day, I can use them. But for you to be in a give a healthy give and receive relationship again, where you are able to contribute to a relationship in a healthy way, emotionally express yourself and be a friend to somebody else. And for somebody, allow somebody else to be a friend to you and experience true vulnerability and true compassion. It is healthy because you haven't experienced that in a while and you have questioned yourself. You've questioned if you're crazy, you've questioned what reality is and you can have friends in your life that will tell you, no, you're not crazy. That is messed up behavior. That, that is, is not amazing. normal. That is not okay. That is not acceptable. And you need to surround yourself with that as your sounding board, because otherwise you think you're going crazy. And this person that's feeding you lies is the only person that is in your life because you're so dependent. And to that note, and I just want to piggyback upon that because you're right. A lot of times what happens in this manipulative situation is that they try to isolate the person. But then they also will surround the person with their quote-unquote mutual friends or mutual family. And there's a term that I picked up from one of these books that we've been listening to, and it's called Flying Monkeys. And a manipulator manipulates not just you. They manipulate everybody around you. And so they're going to want to surround you with other people they've manipulated to see this world the way they see it. And if you open up to these mutual acquaintances and these friends that either are their friends or their control, you know, easily manipulated, why they were called flying monkeys is they're doing their bidding for them. Yes. Right. When they say, well, you know, he says I'm crazy or she says I'm crazy because they didn't do this. And that other person is like, yeah, they didn't do that. You know, they've convinced this other person of the same thing. They may not even know that's what they're doing. They've just bought into this They've situation. Other this is not a good sounding board for you. This is your manipulator's flying monkey. You need to stay away from them. I love that. I also had build a vision for your future. Love that. I think that you need to start thinking, okay, I'm staying put now, but for what reason? This is how you go from victim mentality to survivor mentality, from victim mentality to creator. If you believe you are staying put because you're a victim of this situation, you will always remain a victim of this situation. But the minute you decide, I am staying here in this situation because I choose to strategically, I choose to do it, whether it's for the sake of my children, whether it's for financial reasons um, or any other decision that's your priority that puts you in a place of I create my own decisions and my own future based on how I evaluate and prioritize my life and that's a much more empowering place to be than to say I'm stuck I can't go anywhere 
I have no choice. Well, you always have a choice. Everything in life is a choice. So you choose to stay, build a vision for the future of, okay, how is staying put helping that future? How is it supporting that future? How is it building the puzzle pieces to that future? The woman I was just telling you about, she'd been stayed put for 30 years in the past 15 years when she became aware of what she was really married to. And so the first 15 years, it was blindfolds. Second 15 years, the blindfolds came off, but she made a strategic decision. I'm going to get back to work. She's making a very healthy professional income, steady income, and has only grown and grown in the past 15 years in her company. She has raised two children that are very well educated, have lives of their own. And now her children are sort of supporting her emotionally through this divorce process. And she's been able to move in with one of them as she gets back on her feet and as far as like getting her own house and all that. But she can look back and say, I, I've been playing this long-term game for the past 15 years and that's what I needed to do this. Right. And now I'm ready. I love how you started that out of having a vision Mm -hmm. because that gives people hope, right? They don't feel like when you're in, so she could move out of this household at that moment. She needed to stay for another 15 years. So she needed to have hope. She needed to have that vision of what it looks like after this relationship right. in order to survive that relationship. Right. And I think there's a couple of phrases that um, I have heard therapists and different people use when you're sitting there trying to survive this relationship there's just a couple of key phrases, but the first thing I think you need to remember is you need to know what your own triggers are. So when they're pushing those triggers, you can recognize he, she is intentionally pushing my trigger. I am going to have a plan of action on how either to react or how to not react to them pushing my trigger. And some very simple things to do. Um, One thing is called a gray rock method. Have you heard of this? No. So the gray rock method, and you just think of the gray rock for a second. There's nothing. There's no expression. There's no reaction. There's nothing. You just become a gray rock. You do not let this person affect you in any way, shape or form, or let them see that Mm -hmm. they've affected you. So that's one method of doing that because if they can't get their supply, then they will move on. Right. Another thing would be a a phrase of, we both have the right to our own perspective. Right. Right. Because you know when you're in in a conversation with a manipulator, an argument with a manipulator, they will not stop until they you agree with what they are saying. They simply won't stop that argument. Thinking of some person that I used to date for a really long time (laughs) who just could not stop talking. I wish I had known that phrase. We are both entitled to our own perspective and then leave it alone. I definitely think so. Two things, figuring out what the sting that the narcissist is using against you, figuring it out, becoming aware of it, knowing how you act from a place of instinct versus awareness when that's used on you will help you basically debug that programming that you're because you're responding to programming as well and it will debug the programming in you so let the narcissist do its thing your reaction is going to be different yes that's how you find the freedom within i mean really all of these things are if you're going to stay put 
for whatever reason, for strategic reasons or the priorities in your life, you then have to find ways to create freedom inside of yourself, yes. find freedom inside your brain. So all these things we're going through is how do you find the freedom inside your mind? Because you can be free, divorced in a way, but if all this stuff still lives in your head, you're not really free, right? Right. But if you, you can literally be inside of a prison cell and feel like the freest person in the world, if your mind feels free. So this is, that's critical if you're staying put. The language, Shauna, you just used, I, I had down, learn the language of the narcissist and learned how to speak to a narcissist. Some of the most powerful women that we have served are the ones where you can tell they have mastered how to speak to their narcissist spouse. They get to a critical point in the marriage and they're like, this isn't working. And they go start doing therapy on themselves. They discover their trigger points. They discover how they're sounding. And then they understand sort of very childlike thinking of their spouse. And, and then it's like, okay, time to manipulate the manipulator. Time to be the adult in the relationship, right? And, and the adult is always in control. Right. And I really love the, that you mentioned therapy because, again, I love sending people to, because your triggers are your triggers. Your trauma has been your trauma. Your past relationships, all of this vulnerability is very specific to you. And the language that your manipulator is using to manipulate you is going to be specific to your relationship. Although there are some common things that we all joke about please do seek therapy, even though one of the biggest things your manipulator is going to tell you is don't go to therapy. They're going to tell you that you probably need to go see a psychologist instead that you're mentally ill. You're <laughs> mentally ill, but if your therapist is giving you help, they're going to tell you that's the wrong therapist. And right? the other thing that say is, well, how much is that going to cost? Oh yeah. I'm not paying for that. I'm not paying for I'm, that. Yeah. How much is that going to cost? One of the things I do caution people, you know, when they've recognized that they're in these relationships, stop being vulnerable and stop sharing your insecurities or your downfalls or your hurts with this person. That is giving them ammunition. You are only allowing them into your soul to see how to hurt you if you open up to them. And it's a hard thing to do when you're in a relationship and in your marriage with someone not to share those vulnerabilities. But you have to realize that that's the litmus test. If, for instance, someone at work treated you poorly and you didn't do anything about it, now their litmus, oh, I can get away with that. And so it isn't easy to do this because some of the things we're describing is walking on eggshells, having to watch every one of your moves, having to almost be near perfect, right? And I mean, I'm sitting here even mentioning manipulating a manipulator, which at times to live with them you have to because you can't move through anything not you you know disengaging isn't always an answer when you're living with someone right there's real life logistics that occurs you need some things done so that's not for everybody yeah i think that the critical decision to make is how much of myself will i lose when i'm spending the next however long of my life engaging with a manipulative person that turns me into having to turn to manipulation myself or having to disconnect constantly or having to constantly think about, am I, 
Am I aware? Am I aware? Am I aware? Am I doing things right? Am I behaving from instinct or am I, you know, behaving from what I've learned I need to do? It's exhausting. It takes a lot of mental energy. So I think that if when you are making the decision, the strategic decision of when you do need to take into consideration how much of yourself, of your spirit, of your soul, are you going to put on the line here to see that strategic decision through? And what will the cost of that be? And can you do it? Thanks for listening to the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, go to atlantadivorcelawgroup.com forward slash resources.